Hey everybody, my name is Tyler. I'm the student pastor here at FCC. Welcome to our podcast. We're glad you joined us. Let's get into the word. Amen. Yeah, when I, I said, hey, I'll be in town this week. Do you want me to share? And he told me the parable and I was like, oh man, this one's a rough one. Am I doing anything wrong? All right. So, but I've been following along with your journey uh, as you guys have been looking at this, uh, loving the overlooked. And uh, a couple weeks ago, you went through Luke 14, and Leanne shared about what she's doing and what you guys are doing here at FCC, which is awesome. And, uh, and, and just kind of even the idea of what does a Luke 14 dinner look like? Who are we, in, who, who are we inviting? Who are we doing that with? And then the last week, my dad shared about the great banquet, and I love that parable. It's one of my favorite parables. And uh, as I was listening, I was listening to those, uh, what you guys have been going through. It reminded me of a story from a couple years ago when I was over in Indonesia. And uh, we were training a group of Indonesians, and there was a blind man that was in the training. And he was a new believer. His, he was Muslim background. I think he'd only been a believer for a couple months. And so we're talking and sharing, and he had actually, he had actually been brought uh, by some of the people that we had trained a year prior. And so they started using stories. That's one of the things that I do. I, tr- I love teaching people how to use stories to talk about Jesus, because that's what he did. And he understood the human heart, and it's just how we're wired. It's something weird. But anyway, so he had come to this training, and, and I asked him to share just kind of his testimony or even just his experience with story, and he goes, well, uh, I'm blind, so by default, this way of doing things works for me. <laughs> I love hearing stories, and many of us do not have an opportunity to learn Braille, and so we are, we are what we know is what we hear, and, uh, and so becoming a believer, he had a heart for reaching his own tribe, if you will, uh, the, the uh, blind community there in Indonesia, and he said that he was sharing, he was meeting with two other blind guys, and he shared the story of Jesus healing the blind man. Surprise, surprise. And they were listening, and then they asked him a question. They said, if you follow Jesus, and they're Muslims, he said, if you follow Jesus, why hasn't he healed you? And he's telling the story to me, and he goes, I thought, oh, this is a very good question. <laughs> and he prayed a quick prayer to the Holy Spirit for wisdom, and he said, the Holy Spirit gave him an answer, and he said, Jesus may not ever choose to heal my blindness, but he has healed my heart. And he has shown me that he wants to use me to heal other people's hearts. And then he paused, and he thought about the question a little bit longer, and he says, maybe Jesus would rather me be blind in this life and not the next. And this group of blind guys that were listening to him, these Muslim blind guys, uh, they said that, he said that their hearts, they started to rejoice at the thought of their hearts being able to be healed. And they were pleading him for more stories. So it's one of the reasons why I love stories. I love stories. It's been cool to hear, follow along with you guys' journey. Stories force us to think, to wrestle, to wonder and engage with Jesus. I mean, you can imagine like chewing and swallowing, and digesting. And I'm not even going to pretend to try and interpret this for you this morning. 
we're going to spend some time with it, and we're going to have some observations. There's some things that I feel like the Lord spoke to me as I sat with this, in this kind of discomfort with this story. Um, but uh, So we're just going to get into it. I want to tell the story just through so you guys can hear it, and then we're going to interact with it a little bit. Surprise, surprise, <laughs> if you guys have seen me before. All right? So the story begins. The context is Jesus is getting to pretty close to the end of his ministry here. And he and, the, he and the religious leaders are going at it, and he's making them pretty upset. And they're actually leaving Jerusalem, going back to Mount of Olives, and his disciples start asking him, what will the end look like? Jesus has made some comments about the temple being destroyed. And so the disciples ask him, what is the end? How are we going to know? And so he, he tells them, there's a series of parables. Uh, the wise and foolish virgins, people being snatched out of a field, the talents uh, where the, the king leaves and the guys handle one guy buries. There's, there's several ones, and this is towards the end. This is at the end and where Jesus kind of gives us something different than he has before. Um, so this is the context. He's talking about the end times. So, um, so Jesus begins the story, and he says, But when the Son of Man returns in his glory with all his angels, he will sit down, then he will sit down on his glorious throne. And all the nations will be gathered in his presence. And the king will begin to separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left. And then the king will turn to those on his right and he will say, Come. You who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For you, for when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me a drink. When I was a stranger, you invited me into your home. When I was naked, you gave me clothing. When I was sick, you took care of me. And when I was in prison, you visited me. And then the righteous ones will respond, Lord, when have we ever seen you hungry and, given, and fed you? When have we ever seen you thirsty and given you a drink? When have we ever seen you a stranger and shown you hospitality? When have we ever seen you naked and given you clothing? Or sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, I tell you the truth, whatever you did to the least of these my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. And then the king will turn to those on his left and he will say, away with you, you cursed ones to the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry, and you did not feed me. I was thirsty, and you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger, and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked, and you didn't clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you didn't visit me. And then they'll respond, and they'll say, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you? 
And the king will answer them, I tell you the truth, whenever you refused to help one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were refusing to help me. And then they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. How's that for a story? Thanks, Dad. <laughs> so we're going to, I'm going to tell it again, but we're going to kind of get into this a little bit. And unfortunately, all of you here sat on the wrong side. Sorry. From my point of view, you are sitting on the left. All right? So before we get into this, what does Jesus call himself at the beginning of this story? The Son of Man. Does that ring a bell for anyone? What? What bell does that ring? Huh? Anybody read Daniel before? Lots of crazy, crazy stuff. Daniel 7. There's this imagery. There's this imagery where there's all these monsters and crazy things are happening and dragons. And then in the midst of it, in the midst of it, Daniel says, this thing's happening. He says, I watched as thrones were put into place and the ancient one sat down to judge. He was clothed as white as snow. His hair was like purest wool. He sat on a fiery throne with wheels of blazing fire and a river of fire was pouring out, flowing from his presence. Millions of angels ministered to him. Many millions stood to attend him. Then the court began its session, and the books were opened. Woo! So this is the scene. We are, if you guys can imagine, we're here, all right? And so Daniel says it continues. A bunch of things happen with some of these weird creatures and monsters. And it says, as my vision continued, I saw someone like a son of man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient one and was led into his presence. He was given authority, honor, sovereignty over all the nations of the world so that people of every race and nation and language would obey him. His rule is eternal. It will never end. His kingdom will never be destroyed. Scene set. This is where we're at. This is where Jesus begins this story. I don't even know if this is a parable. I don't think it is. I think Jesus is like, and again, I don't know, I'll have to wait and see, but almost, almost distant-eyed looking, getting a glimpse of what is to come and sharing it with his disciples. And it's hard for us to picture this. In other parts, it says 10,000 times 10,000 angels, 100 million angels. So, remember the story? But when the Son of Man comes, when the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels are with him, 
Remember, before the ancient one. And what does Jesus do? He sits down where? On his glorious throne, in all of his glory. And who is brought before him? All the nations. All the nations are brought before him. And what does he begin to do? He begins to separate them. The king begins to separate them. As, as what? As a shepherd. Shepherd separating what? Okay. Left, right. Who are you? The sheep. Can you guys give me some good sheep sounds? What does sheep make? That. So, show, <laughs> let's hear what a sheep sounds like. You got it? Yeah, so you guys are pretty close. Now, this one is a little bit different. What is a goat? Can you guys tell me what a goat sounds like? Yeah? What does a goat sound like? What does a goat sound like? You got to turn it up. We got to turn that. Turn it up. Turn it up. Again. So... Can I, can you guys give me what a goat sounds like, please? There you go. Much better. Sheep? Goats? So, so one of my main goals, it was kind of nice to laugh a little bit because that that felt really heavy to me. (laughs) One of my main goals with these stories is I don't ever want you guys to forget this going away. So I feel like we're getting there a little bit today. All right. So sheep and goats. So. I want you guys, I want you guys to be here with me. Kind of got the laugh out of our system, right? It's a little awkward, kind of heavy. Let's get the laughs out. But I want us to be here, okay? And I want you to imagine, and it's going to be interesting depending on where you're sitting. It's going to be interesting. Pay attention to that. Pay attention to what's going on in here, okay? So I want you to imagine the Son of Man, in all his glory, looking at you, the sheep, having been sorted. And he says to them, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom that has been prepared for you from the creation of the world. Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. Come on. Wow. And he continues. For when I was hungry, imagine him looking you in the eye and saying this to you, okay? For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you showed me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. And then your response to him, the righteous ones, you say, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you a drink? Or a stranger and show you hospitality? Or naked and give you clothing. When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And then the king responds to you, I tell you the truth. Whenever you did it 
to the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it for who? For me. So he's looking you in the eyes, corporately and individually, and saying these words to you as his sheep. And then he turns to those on his left. Ah. There you go. Yeah, we got it. Let's, let's, let's lighten it up a little bit. All right, turns to those on his left. And he says, away with you. Away with you, you cursed ones, to the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry, and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty, and you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger, and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked, and you didn't clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you didn't visit me. And your response is, the Lord When did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you? And the king will respond. I tell you the truth. Whenever you refused to help one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were refusing to help me. And then they will go away into eternal punishment but the righteous will go into eternal life. Woo! I'm very curious when you guys, at the end of this, I'm very curious when, at the end of this how this discussion will go in your groups. We're going to break up into little groups and I want you guys to have some time to talk about this. Before I do that, there's a few observations that I wanted to kind of send you into your groups with. I want you guys to know that this is not a tool for us to know how to divide sheep and goats. This is not a tool for you to know how to divide sheep and goats. Does that make sense? Can you imagine? It's a little bit above your pay grade. Let's just put it that way. All right? I want you to imagine this image of the Son of Man coming on his throne, and he looks over, and Micah is sitting on his throne trying to divide the sheep and goats. Isn't that image preposterous to you? Like, we have no business sitting on his throne. This is his job. Thank God. All right? So my observation, when I was sitting with this story, it was really uncomfortable for me. Was it uncomfortable for any of you? Can I show it? Raise your hands. Anyone uncomfortable? Okay, you're not alone. I sat with this this week once I got the news that I was going to have to take this. (laughs) Um, And... And I was, and I sat with it. On its face, it does seem really works-based. You tell me that we're judged by, I mean, at the end of it all, what we do and don't do. What do we do with that? Will I have helped enough people at the end? Am Am I a goat? Oh, no. Judgment is uncomfortable. And let alone doubting your own salvation. You talk about this uncomfortableness. But as I sat in this discomfort, this is one of the things that I, these are some things that I noticed. At this point in the gospel, Jesus is racing towards what event? This is Matthew 25. He is so close. He's saying this knowing that just in a matter of how many, 
Do you know, Dad, how many days it was before? It's happening pretty soon. He knows what he's doing. Why? Why is he going to the cross? Because he knows that it's what he has to do for us, what he did there. And we're going to talk more about that in communion too. But Jesus is racing to the cross, and we see that because of grace. So this story, guys, we have to, you have to look at this story in the context of everything else. There's a tension here, okay? So I'm observing some of these things. I'm sitting this, and I thought maybe this story, maybe this story is, maybe this story is more about identifying who God is than who the sheep and goats are. You ever thought about that? Who is this God we serve? What kind of God is he? Do we know him? What does he look like? Who does he identify with? Who does he hang out with? Who does he invest in? Who does he spend time with? Do I know him? Do I hunger after the same things that he does? Do I see the same people that he does? It's a good question. There's, another, there's two other things that stood out to me before I let you guys go. One was the surprise of both the sheep and goats. You guys notice that? That both of them were surprised? It's, it didn't seem they were very surprised at how they had been sorted. What were they surprised at? They were surprised at how Jesus connected himself to those that they had been treating a certain way. And it's almost like what they had done was like kind of subconscious. It was almost like a part of who they were, right? The sheep were going, they weren't even keeping track. It was just part of who they were. And there's the thing that we need to remember, and this goes back to this whole grace thing, that true belief does, will involve change. It will. It's this tension here. Faith without works is dead. But what are we saved by, guys? We're saved by grace. <laughs> Man, our faith is so, never gets boring. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Working out our salvation with fear and trembling. There's, an interest, there's one of the authors that I like. His name is Jordan Peterson. But he, I don't really know if he's a believer or not, but people would always ask him, do you believe in God? And he said he hated that question. He says it's a terrifying question to be asked, do you believe in God? And he says belief is acting as if something is true. And I love the way he put that. If I believe something, I'm going to act it out. And so you look at people and you're like, you're not really acting like this is true. It's an interesting way to look at it. So, these sheep were so transformed by who they had become that they were surprised when Jesus pointed out what they did. Isn't that crazy? It just was a part of who they were. And maybe the goats too. They were surprised. They weren't intentionally stiffing Jesus. It's just who they were. They were self-absorbed. Everything flowed out of that. Another thing that I observed, you guys have been talking about this, this thing where we are looking at who to invite, who is a part of the kingdom, who are we going after, who are we? Did you guys notice when Jesus says, whatever you did to the least of these, what? What? No, the least of these, my brothers. In the Greek, it's my brothers, which implies brothers and sisters and everyone. Did that not make anyone kind of curious? 
And he said it two times. Whatever you did to the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Whatever you refused to help, the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you refused to help me. Who does Jesus refer to in the Gospels as his brothers? Who does he refer to when he says, what? So who are my mother and my brothers? Those who do the will of my father. He tells the ladies, he's like, hey, go and tell my brothers what you've seen. He refers, who is he referring to? It's his disciples, it's his followers. That's who he refers to. This is really interesting. So we know that God's heart is for the poor and oppressed and hurting. It's undeniable. Isaiah, where Dale read, all throughout Scripture, this is God's heart. We've been talking about this for the last three weeks. This is God's heart. But there seems to be something special here. And I'm trying to put my finger on it. All right? I, this is just an observation of mine. I am not interpreting this story for you. Please hear that. Okay? There seems to be something special here for those that have become part of his family, his disciples. Jesus identifies with his people. When you become a part of this family, he didn't, what did he say to Saul on the way to Damascus? Saul, Saul, why do you persecute these Christians? No? What did he say? Saul, why do you persecute me? Isn't that interesting? Jesus identifies with us. He's deeply concerned with how his family is treated. Is he not? He is deeply concerned with how we treat each other. There is a huge need for us to invite people from the outside, going to prisons, going, in, going into our communities, inviting. But what are we inviting them into? What are we inviting them into, guys? What does this family look like? How do we treat each other? Hey, I'm, all you're seeing right now is a glimpse. Hey, come to this family, and when you're here, what do you become? You become family. And we take care of our family. It's second nature. Do you look at someone in need here and go, well, I probably need to get my points up with Jesus when a brother and sister is in pain? No. It comes second nature. It's, it's like, well, this is what we do. When God presents you with a need. What are we inviting them into? There's huge implications for the church. I want you to imagine a church full of goats that are self-absorbed, that are concerned with what they're getting out of it, concerned with how people are treating them. What kind of church is this? Is that a church you want to be a part of? Is that a church that you walk in broken and hurting and go, man, I really feel like I belong here? If it's full of goats that are self-consumed, concerned about what do I get out of this? How are people treating me? What am I, what, what's in it for me? Versus... So I think I see a lot of this here, which is really cool. How can I serve my brothers and my sisters sitting around me? That's my focus. And it comes naturally because of what God is doing to transform me. The implications for our church are huge. They will know you by your love. They'll know you're Christians by our love. This is a song we used to sing in Taiwan. What is your attitude towards your brothers and sisters? What is your attitude towards your brothers and sisters? What do you do when you see need and pain and suffering? So, 
This is an interesting, interesting passage when we think about going out, inviting those that are, that are overlooked, unseen. But then thinking, I think the story has a gift for us to think about what we are inviting them into. A church full of sheep that have been transformed and are just, this is just second nature for us. We love people that are sitting next to us. We love people who respond to their need. Is this a church where everyone is welcome? When you are family, we take care of our family. Man, I think, you can imagine a church being in a community and that community being transformed by this emanating out, right? So, how do you guys usually do this? Gather together. I want you guys to take a little bit of time and I want you to gather together and just share. What, four, five, six people? Just make sure no one's left out. And I want you guys just to share, just real quick, what's, what's God doing? What's he telling you in this story? It's not an easy story, guys. I didn't intend to solve everything for you. <laughs> I don't want you to walk away doubting your salvation, but I don't want you to walk away off the hook either. Does that make sense? Wrestle with this. So get together, make sure no one's left out, and then we'll have a little bit of time where you can share what you think would bless the church. Thanks everybody for tuning in with us today. Stay tuned for more content coming soon. Have a blessed day.